0: What's going on, people? Welcome to Paint Points. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the SB Nation Podcast Network and the Canis Hoopers family. Today, I'm back with another crossover show with Dylan and Chalanga from the C&D NBA show. We recorded this just before the the preseason game this week. It's all still very relevant. It's a season preview and just an overview of all things Wolves. Very good guys, very good chat. So, I'm gonna swap the the audio over onto to their podcast and onto their feed since since it was technically their podcast that we we did the interview and the and the conversation on. So yeah, you'll hear a little swap over and it'll pick up about from when they introduced me
1: onto the show. Thanks, guys. Dylan, it's that time of the show uh, where we we. Put aside all the jokes, all the giggles, and, and we put on our serious journalist hats. Because, Dylan, we are, we are serious journalists here. I'm a 100% serious journalist.
2: I am so serious that I had my headphones off. Cholinga can't see me right now because my video's off. But I had my headphones off. I just shut the doors in my house so that I could record. Did I miss anything or did I come in right at the perfect time?
1: Oh, that was perfect, Dylan. I was just letting everyone know that we are serious. We've got all the scoops, unless that scoop's name is B. Uh, and you know, we uh, we take our our jobs very seriously, and and you know, um, we are hey, we are hey, experts hey, when it comes to the Timberwolves. Hey, hey
2: Scoopy, sex work is work. Just so you know, I I support you and your Cash <laughs> App tendencies. And uh, because
1: we are such serious journalists, we are bringing on one of the Premier Timberwolves Analysts uh, You know, it, I guess I mean, w- the really cool thing is that This, this guy is independent, he's DIY he's, uh, he's doing it, his own thing And he's analyzing the Timberwolves In a really cool and unique way And, you know, here at the c and NBA show We're all about DIY uh, Podcasting, DIY content So welcome to the show, the creator and curator Of uh, Howls and Grouse. Welcome, Jake. Painting.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I promise I didn't pay you to give me that that awesome intro, but I appreciate it.
1: Oh yeah, we're we're happy to we're happy to have you. We appreciate the work that you're doing. I, I mean it. Like we love the DIY game. Uh, it's it's where it's at, and I think it's the future of like you know sports analysis and 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 sports podcasting. I think that's just that's just where it's at
0: yeah i I think so and i i appreciate the the kind words seriously because yeah it's it's a tough game to kind of get into and i'm still only just got my foot in the door but i'm having fun doing it and hopefully the team can can give me some (laughs) some love back and give me some good content to write about because i don't know how much more gerson rosas cheating scandals i can i can write about
2: oh man that's all I live for right now is thrust the process. <laughs> have you heard of thrust the process yet? I have I I've
0: I've embodied it in my in my daily life. I love it.
1: <laughs> uh, Jake Baining out here living thrust the process uh, thrust the process, excuse me. Um, yeah, don't tell don't tell my my partner that. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, it, it stays here, don't worry. Uh, well, welcome to the show. How is uh, you know you were you were at Canis previously, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. And how how is the uh, the break the independent thing going for you?
0: Uh, yeah, good. It's a, it's a grind. I uh, I think once I started taking people's money that I I promised them a service, you know, so I have to live up to <laughs> that. And yeah. and yeah, even when the content is slow or when I don't feel like opening the laptop, um, I have to do it. And and but I am enjoying. I'm really enjoying it.
2: You're like Captain Nemo with these deep dives over here. He's got, like, bull over here. He's 20,000 <laughs> leagues under the ski on the deep dives. It's amazing, <laughs> like, the amount of effort that you put into just watching random Spanish film, and it, it's inspiring. I'm not proud. I'm not proud
0: of that. I'm honestly uh, not proud of how much Spanish as, second league I watched.
2: Uh, as well as you shouldn't be, but none of us are, are proud. We are Timberwolves fans, and that is the way it should be. <laughs>
1: yeah yep that's how it goes i guess i'm curious like tell us a little bit about your your journey to timberwolves fandom because obviously like you are in australia not minnesota so so -hmm. what's what's the what's the history there uh well when i
0: was well maybe five i my mom moved us to minneapolis for a bit um and that kind of got me into it my brother went for the nets so like as soon as I saw the Timberwolves beat the Nets, I kind of followed them uh, just out of brotherly hatred. So um, yeah, and then since then it's kind of fostered. Obviously, moved back here and, and I'm in Australia full time now, hoping to get back over to the states. You know, when I can fly internationally, since it's still banned here. But um, yeah, it's it's been a long. I, it was it if I could go back to five year old me, I'd probably slap him in the face. But um, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy
2: with where I'm at. <laughs> I, I can't believe probably we've probably picked already the lakers had... or something i can't believe we've already Still had two ahead. aussies on the podcast by the way
0: and our international diversity i love it yeah <laughs> that's really, what we're not all really about interna-
2: here <laughs> not really international diversity just one other country
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh if you're listening and you do live in another country outside of the united states hit us up and you can come on the show that is our guarantee uh <laughs> So, uh, Jake, who is your favorite Timberwolf of all time, not named Kevin Garnett? Oh, man, that, that's a tough one. Um,
0: it's probably Cat. I think. I, I think. I think Anthony Edwards is going to come and take that mantle pretty soon. Um, shout out to Nikola Pekovic. He was always like a you know cult favorite of mine, and and now he's like a Russian drug lord, or so. Like that only increases. He's he's standing in my mind. But yeah, I think it's probably cat, like there's just not that many to choose from. Good really good players, especially. But definitely like your your Pekovic's and Alexei Schved and Ricky Ruby. I'm a, I'm a sucker for an international guy as well. So mm-hmm. but I'm gonna go with Kat until and probably Anthony Edwards at the end of this season, but let's stick with cat for now
1: that's a great you know dylan i always ask this question to our guests but i I guess i don't really know your answer who's your favorite timberwolf dylan
2: i i gotta go with the actual gangster darko milicic the cherry farmer
0: (laughs) 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 we're we're in the weeds now
1: yeah that is a dark horse favorite timberwolf or it's a white horse favorite timberwolf really (laughs) (laughs) white savior Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a Shabazz Muhammad fan myself. I like. Oh no! I, I oh no! On I was all in on him. When he scored 31 <laughs> against the Golden State Warriors, that was like the best day of my life. Oh, Shabazz Muhammad uh, turned down what
0: 48 million and played about 13 games after that.
1: I know. I feel bad for him. That was really oh. tough.
2: Kalenka has one Shabazz Muhammad shoe. I do <laughs> it's right here. I could grab. Oh, it's in one. the
0: office and everything uh-huh you, it, it's, it's not even 15. paired
2: is nope. it paired it's not it even paired. Is is that his
1: is that his actual shoe i don't i don't think he ever wore it but he did sign it so yeah. you know that, that there's counts.
2: something you ever worn it? have you ever balled with it you need to ball with it that's what you got to do
1: it is three sizes bigger than my size so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if that's going to work actually, for me that's actually impressive though only three sizes uh. Hey, I'm six foot four. So, you know, I, I got I got decent sized feet. All right, Jake, let's ta- stop talking about Timberwolves of old. We're here to talk about the Timberwolves of now, the current Timberwolves. Uh, we're we brought you on to do a Timberwolves season preview because we couldn't think of anybody better to do a season preview for the Timberwolves. I think the first question before we we get on to anything, are you pro or anti Ben Simmons on the Minnesota Timberwolves?
0: oh uh, i'm i'm pro ben simmons on the Wolves. um and to a long-winded discussion that never seems to end about him but um, i think i'm completely <laughs> over it by this stage like every piece of news we get is the exact same piece of news we got three days ago but like if ben simmons was on the Wolves tomorrow i would be extremely excited so yeah i would say i'm pro simmons are, are we pro simmons on this podcast or am i walking into the lions then
2: we are the most
1: oh, Post Simmons so podcast. Simmons. Yeah, all right, on all right, good, good,
2: good. Like uh, I, <laughs> I, I get, I get it. And also from an Australian perspective, I mean, he's quit on you already in your life. But um, oh yeah, we already saw... we know all about this. This is nothing new for us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Dylan and I are so pro Simmons that not on pod. This is I'm. This is breaking on pod. We never talked about this on air before, but we would. We would be willing, like, if Anthony Edwards had to go for Ben Simmons, like, oh, oh no, oh no, don't
2: say it. We, we just got canceled <laughs> by the entire team. Yeah, community. that's
1: that
0: is uh, cancel culture. Timberwolves cancel culture is lining up with their pitchforks right now. <laughs> okay, but here's
2: uh, the thing: Anthony Edwards was designed the the pick itself of Anthony Edwards was designed to attract another star, whether it be Devin Booker or whoever. And now Ben Simmons is the lowest trade value he will ever be in his entire career, bar none. I mean, he's doing it himself, not just by his play, but now he's driving it down even further. And Anthony Edwards, while, yes, he looks like he could be one of the greatest Timberwolves of all time when all is said and done. (laughs) J.R. Ryder back in 1994, 1995 (laughs) was the exact same thing for the Timberwolves, standing about at the same stature, doing exactly the same things on the court. And I just think that Timberwolves fans, maybe they're too young, but they don't remember this. And uh, I I just want to look out like for every one player that ends up being the Donovan Mitchell's. There are 10 others. That don't end up finding it quite exactly. And so the OJ
1: Mayo's, the Tyreek Evans, you know, it's like they're the Andrew Wiggins. Out there. The Andrew and Wiggins. so,
2: right now, from an asset perspective, if I were the GM, I'm not saying this as Dylan the fan. I would never do this as Dylan the fan. I don't think Chalanga would either. But as as Dylan the GM, if my, would you? Okay. Well, Chalanga's a little bit further in than I am. But uh, Dylan the GM, if my job depends on it, I'm taking the all NBA player the sh- assuredly all NBA player who already has made the all NBA. You know what I mean? Like he's already a yeah. top 15 player in the league and I just think we're we're g- getting a little bit too complicated at this about this because Anthony Edwards at best is a top 50 player in the league right now.
0: Yeah, it's the mystery box, isn't it? Like you could Anthony Edwards could become anything. He could even become Ben Simmons. <laughs> like that's <laughs> kind <even> of <laughs>
2: And even if but even if he becomes a top 15 player that how long would that take? Number one. And number two, it's still a solid trade for the Timberwolves, because guess what? The Timberwolves are making the playoffs next year if they get Ben Simmons by the beginning of the season. It's still a good trade. Yeah. Even if Anthony, gets really yeah. his hits close to his ceiling.
0: I see, Yeah, I do. All everything you say you say makes sense, but I still can't get there. I think that's just a homerism <laughs> from me, though. Like that, you know, Anthony Edwards is ours, and we want to keep him. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same reason why everyone wants to keep Jade McDaniel's, because that's the that's this is the argument I've been making with McDaniel's is that like, I don't love McDaniel's, but but the odds of him ever becoming as good as Simmons are very very low. Like, yeah, if you can trade. A second-year rookie who averaged like seven points a game for Ben Simmons. I don't think that you have to think twice about that.
2: All right. I need one of our super fans to cut this out and keep it so that I get roasted when this actually happens, and I'm wrong. (laughs) Jaden McDaniels will never make an all-NBA team.
1: That's not yeah, even a I hot take. I think that's take. fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I
2: okay, but I hope I hope I'm wrong and I'm hoping that somebody cuts that and takes that and shows me when I'm wrong.
1: That would be amazing. If you are wrong, that would that would be so good for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That would be so, <laughs> if you if you got the all NBA status, oh my god. This team would be amazing. Um look, the thought of trading Anthony Edwards makes me sick to my stomach. Um but, you know, most trades that like realistic trades are like fans probably won't like until they see the product on the floor. You know, that's just yeah. kind of how it works. So I don't uh, think anyone, no one wants to trade any of their good
0: players and they always want to get back to the good players. And that seems to be where we kind of differ
1: from, from NBA GMs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, the the asset management by fans is not a <laughs> professional <laughs> level. Um, So let's, let's talk about the the roster as is. So, Jake, from, from your perspective, what uh, like a lot went wrong last season, right? And we could talk mm-hmm. about what went wrong all day, but I'm curious f- from your eyes, what went right last season? Like what looked good uh, from the, from this Timberwolves team? Uh, so I think the obvious one is Chris Finch and
0: and his hiring. Um, uh, I love my X's and O's and, and and nerdy stuff like that, and and Chris Finch has become. My instant kind of deity um, he he I love Finch and the way he he goes about things, and I think that him having three months or whatever he got before the season ended to trying to acclimate himself really holds the team in good stead for this season. Um, I think that the upgrade over Saunders was pretty obvious um, and then the other thing which is maybe not talked about as much is I think the the players on the margins who got better, Jared Vanderbilt, Nas Reid, those kind of guys, Like I think that was that diamond in the rough kind of guys that they found the year before who then took another leap and, and showed that they can actually be rotation players on an every-night basis. That, that excites me because now that you presumably have a team that can kind of compete for a playoff spot or a play-in spot, those guys are super important, especially when you've got Delo making a max, Cats making a max. Anthony Edwards is in line for a max. No matter how bad you you want to trade him, he's in line for the max um, eventually. So, wait, so wait, wait, in the, wait, how badly <laughs> I want to
2: trade him! I'm not I, I, thought
0: that, I thought that I thought that one trade. got by. I thought that one got by without, nope. without getting noticed.
2: Nope.
1: Um, Dylan yeah, isn't going to let anything get by. Yeah, <laughs>
2: especially um, ant slander because I can't handle <laughs> this on the TL anymore. <laughs> I can't handle yeah. being roasted by my own fans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but those guys, and I was reading Vanderbilt, and, and um, you know, Jordan McLaughlin, like those guys who can kind of slot into those gaps between those guys, and you don't have to pay them much. Like uh, that's a really big advantage, and that's what you see on all these on the, on these good teams is the guys that are kind of under the radar steals. So yeah, that, that's two of the things that excited me. Was there anything you guys had that kind of um, I missed out on that's that's glaringly obvious?
1: Well, I just want to ex- expand a little bit up about these French players. It's like you, Nas Reed, for example, went from one of the worst backup centers in the league. I hated Nas bats- Reed
0: in his first 20 <laughs> games, man. I I hated Nas Reed.
1: He was horrible. He was slow. He couldn't move his feet. He he didn't he quite know what to do day? on offense. <laughs> he, he, he did skip leg day, uh, but he did he not skip buffet day. Of- that's for sure. Yeah, he
0: didn't miss many dinners, but he did miss a few leg days.
1: He had so,
2: he had chicken legs below him and inside of him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but now he's like, you know, as a role man, consistently, like you look at all the role man metrics and Nas Reed is in the top 10 in like all of the, the role man. Metri- I mean, he's like he is an, a, one of the best pick and roll centers statistically in the league out, out of nowhere. It was like it was really cool to see that transition happen. He's
0: really like the mini cat now. And he's got like a he's smooth and he moves around the court really well and like he's like fleet footed. It's it's kind of bonkers to think about how how bad he was at the start of his NBA career and how and he was underwhelming at LSU as well. Like it's yeah it's yeah. I think those kind of hits that you get from the draft or from the undrafted free agency or you know, the jared vanderbilt who was kind of a throw-in in in a trade like if you get those guys up to the point where they're legitimate rotation players and getting paid like guys who aren't in a rotation or or you know low-end rotation guys that's massive i reckon that's that's big
2: speaking of massive and big i was gonna say that cat might not even be the big version or nas that that is might not be the mini cat they might both be six foot nine I always found it strange that Nas
0: was six foot nine. I always thought he looked bigger than six foot nine.
2: It's because Cat is listed at seven feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Carl, it is it is like at this point, it is confirmed that Carl Anthony Towns is not seven feet. Like, there's no way. There's no, no way. No.
2: He, no. Under 6'11", like, for sure.
1: And he plays um, like it. He's never played. He's never looked seven foot on the
0: court. Like, I don't care what they tell me on NBA.com. Like, that man is not seven
1: foot. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think the the growth of Jaden McDaniels has also just, like, really made that really apparent. Um, and that's, uh, that's another thing that really gives me hope for the Timberwolves' future is that both uh, Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, even though, you know, they're Neither are a sure sure thing, as we've discussed. But, like, they both showed signs of being really, really good. Um, Anthony Edwards showed signs of being something very special. And Jaden McDaniels showed signs of, like, already he is a competent NBA defender and can knock down threes. Like, if he can build on that, he is an NBA starter for 10 years, you know?
0: It's super rare to be good on defense in your rookie year. Like, not even average just like it's it's rare for rookies to even be able to defend at all against nba athletes and guys who have been around for this long like jane mcdaniels is legitimately an insanely good defender already so that i guess that's going back to what we said before that's the that's why people don't want to trade him because it's like it's rare that someone is that good defensively and still hasn't even figured out what the hell they're doing on the court really so yeah we love our, our young guys, and you know we're homers, but they are very good young guys, and that's how you have to build a Timberwolves team to be successful. Like you're not going to get you're not going to get Ben Simmons this very often, and you're not going to get anyone in free agency. So like, finding those young guys, and then finding other young guys that are kind of role players. That's um that's that's the path to winning and to building this sustainable kind of
2: uh, roster. I think. Jaden McDaniels obviously passed the eye test when it came to defense but you look at like what the stats are and there are a lot of things that don't quite line up and i think that's because he's a rookie i mean you look at patrick williams and he's kind of the other really great wing defender of this class and i know chalanga is like crying inside right now because isaac Okoro is going <laughs> through his heart and mind but uh all three of those guys were asked to defend the best guy in the court. And how often is it that a rookie even gets that assignment, much less like gets that assignment full time. And is like, you're following this guy around the court 100% of the time. Um, I just think that is the really impressive part, even more than necessarily like the amount of stats that someone else gets against. Cause like Kawhi is going to get stats against anybody. He'll find a spot and he'll shoot and he'll make the bucket. But it's just like, you look at, uh, or LeBron, same thing. LeBron's gonna figure out a way to beat everybody. Like he put forty, put up over forty points on LeBron James, or LeBron James. Sorry, I'm a little drunk.
1: Oh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. LeBron versus LeBron. LeBron playing one on Space Jam Three. <laughs> five
2: Lebrons versus five Lebrons. Who wins? Who is the goat? Uh, no, but like, uh, yeah, he put four points on Pat on Patrick Williams in uh, last mm-hmm. year, and so. Just the fact but Jason Tatum that put 50 on McDaniels.
1: Yeah, that game yeah, was crazy. Well, that Jason Tatum game was crazy.
2: I I watched every single possession. I watched back for every single possession, and there were less uh Jaden McDaniels assignments on Jason Tatum
1: than I thought there were at the beginning. Hmm. Who is he cooking? Probably Josh Okogie, you know, because I think that he has gotten a little bit overrated as a defender. I think he's a, like he's he's great at like scrambling and great at getting in passing lanes on the ball. I, he's, he he. I feel like he's more prone to foul than anything. You know, a lot of people pay, point at that James Harden block, but that was just like a, a drop in the bucket as far as Josh Kogi defense.
0: I, I always compare a Cody like a Cody's kind of like. Wild and out of control and like chaos, which I think lends itself to the eye tests more in terms of defense, like when you when you're really obviously trying hard all the time, especially surrounded by a team that doesn't really try hard. And then you have McDaniels is kind of like annoyed that he has to do anything. Like he's not not chaotic at all. He's just like slow. He just reacts when he has to and and does things really. Like like his personality, he he never changes his facial expression. Like he's just he just seems annoyed that he has to be out there defending someone so so trivial to him, which I love so much. I love when he like blocks a shot, hits a three at the other end, and his face doesn't even twitch. Yeah, I
1: I love it. He is just so. I mean, he's so steady, so under control. I mean, I, I it's at. It, it, Almost calm to a fault, right? You know, mm-hmm. but then you look at like uh, Dylan mentioned Kawhi Leonard and there's another calm to a fault guy. But let's like, you know, it's it's good to be calm when you're out on the court, even if it like might might read as disinterest. Like, I I think that that is I'd rather have a guy be like really under control and really calm than really out of control, because that's a little bit harder to rein in. Right. Like Joshua yeah. still hasn't quite reined in that. uh that out of control nature um so so let's talk about that's last year let's talk about this year and and i want to see the wolves won what 23 games last season um they were 25th in offensive rating this is cleaning the glass 25th in offensive rating 27th in defense rating and 26th in net rating so they i mean uh, all eh, they were a bad team they were a very uh, a very bad team uh there are obviously play in expectations for this team this year and so I want to talk about like how did this team improve Jake is there anything like glaring to you that like how this team improved and how like we can go from a 23 win team to suddenly competing for a playing spot well the first thing that comes to mind out outside of the
0: internal improvement that you kind of try and bake in there, but you don't really know how much better. Like, is Anthony Edwards going to be a 24-point-per-game scorer? Like, we don't know whether he might just, like Dylan said before, like, he might just plateau. Um, But I think shooting is the one that that stands out to me straight away. Like, when you get rid of Ricky Rubio and you get rid of Jarrett Culver and and Juanjo Hernan Gomez, like, and you bring in Torian Prince, who's an actually really good shooter, you know, and and has been, and. Like, seems to be healthy, be healthier than he has been. And then Pat Beverly as well. Like I think simple additions like that can really kind of boost up your shooting percentage, especially when you've got guys like Kat and Edwards and D'Lo out there who are going to draw attention away from those guys. So outside of of us just thinking everyone's going to get a little bit better, which I do think is true, there's more shooting out there and there's more defense as well. So you get a little bit better shooting wise. You, you defend a little bit better. You change the defensive scheme and hope that hope that works. And maybe that all kind of blends together and gives you an extra five, 10 wins as well as obviously being healthy, like just having
2: your good players on the, on the court always helps. It's interesting because we got a lot of shooting at the beginning of last year. And it's like, we were on the verge of like making that transition to a good shooting team. But A lot of those players, as in D'Lo and Malik Beasley, couldn't shoot off the catch. And then there was Juancho Hernan Gomez, who could shoot off the catch, but he was so streaky. So having a player like Torian Prince, I think, kind of helps the team have more of a consistency that they need in low volume.
1: Yeah. And then also Torian provides some, like, competent NBA defense that Juancho could not provide you know torian can move his feet he's got like the the prototypical three and d wing body i mean i i, I don't know i haven't watched much tape of him so i don't know if he is, is really that good of a defender but like just physically he looks like a better defender than wancho does jake have you have you watched much torian prince film do you, do you know much about his his defense i've i watched a,
0: i watched a lot from this past season and he was Streety defensively. Like, I think he's better than Wancho. Wancho was so bad defensively. Like, yeah. it, it's a, it's a yeah, low ooh. bar, man. It's a low bar to get better, to get over that. But, like, I think he's better. Like you said, he's just more suited to kind of play up or down a position. Like, he can guard fours at an okay rate, and then he can guard threes at an okay rate. And if, as long as he's not having to guard the star player on the other team, he's just guarding a guy who's the fourth option on another team. I think he'll be—he's absolutely fine and, and definitely better than Juancho. And then, like he just like like Dylan said, like just knock down shots. You don't need to—they don't need to dribble off, the, like shoot off the cat off the dribble. They don't need to do anything out of the ordinary. Like if you stand in the corner and you can hit shots consistently, even if you're not involved in three, four, five plays in a row, if you can knock down that shot when it comes to you, like that's just so valuable, especially when you're playing around Cat as a post up player or, or Anthony Edwards as a guy who's going to get downhill. Um, yeah, but, but to answer your question, I think he's okay defensively. I don't know if he was better before that. I know he said how how bad his ankle was and, and how he'd been struggling to even get up and go to the bathroom at night. So maybe with a bit more kind of flexibility in that ankle, he might mm-hmm. take a step back to, to where I kind of assumed that he was with Atlanta back in the day when he was really billed as like a, a premier kind of 3 and D guy.
1: Yeah, you know, an ankle is a real important part of defense. Uh, so,
0: and uh, the body, just walking around. Yeah. Like the ankle is just a, an important part of, of the human anatomy.
1: Yeah, tr- 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 truly, uh, truly. Uh, I, I want to j- just backtrack to what you said about I- internal improvement, right? Like, I think like, oftentimes, uh, w- the thing about the Wolves is that everybody on the Timberwolves had a bad season last year. Everybody, except maybe Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley had a pretty good season when he played and then he was on suspension and then he got hurt. Right. But he, he had a career season as far as numbers. Everyone else had a bad season. And so when you think about internal improvement, it, it's not just about like people getting better. It's, it's players playing up to their normal standard. Uh, yeah. Which which did not happen last year. I think about a team like the New York Knicks, where Julius Randle and RJ Barrett just like shot the lights out from three and from the mid range, and it's like realistically that's going to come back to to Earth and that's going to regress a little bit. Whereas with the Timberwolves, like the the expectation has to be that uh, you know everyone's going to get back to their standard, which is much higher than a twenty three win team that we saw last year.
0: And I think that starts with Cat. Uh, Cat didn't have a bad season in terms of NBA season. Like it was still well above average compared to an NBA player. But for him, like you said, like that wasn't a great cat season, especially with his shooting inside the arc. I I think he still shot around like 39% from three on on high volume, which is always going to be there with him. But Mm -hmm. like he couldn't hit a hook shot. He didn't shoot a left-hand hook shot for like 40 games after that injury. Like that kind of goes under the radar. I think like he did not use his left hand for mm-hmm. 75% of the season. And, uh, you know, you get that back, get a little bit more more space in there and better plays to get him open with Finch now kind of being able to sink his claws into the team a little bit more. I, I think if Cat, if Cat improves back to – I think Cat has a chance to, yeah, go that extra step, get back to where he was and then take another extra little shuffle above that. Um, D'Lo was terrible for – large portions of the season if he gets back I don't think he's going to be like all-star injury replacement DLO but if he's just (laughs) like you know the in between that and what he was last season like that's a massive improvement and then Edwards is the wild card for me like I've said it before I think that this whole franchise is tied to Anthony Edwards like if he ends up just kind of staying where he is or, or he's not that player that we saw in the second half of the season, then shit's gonna get bad real quick, you know? Like, yes,
2: I don't know if you heard, but he's the best defender of the league now. Yeah, and Chris Finch has never lied, which is actually the truth. I actually, <laughs> what the
1: fuck is that? What is that narrative? I don't understand where that came from. Chris, Chris Finch, I'm pushing it though. I'm pushing it. it. I'm pushing it at
0: <laughs> all costs. I don't care. I'm leaning into the narrative. <laughs>
1: This guy has been in town for like less than nine months, and all of a sudden he's like, he is, is honest Abe over here. He never tells. He's a lot never lied. <laughs>
2: he's
0: never lied. The to only me. man,
1: the only man that he's
0: associated with was caught cheating on his wife no less than two <laughs> weeks ago. Like, oh,
2: <laughs> trust the Finch.
1: <laughs> oh my God! I think I, I'm look. I'm all in on it too. Like the the Timberwolves Twitter positivity train. It like it it feeds my soul and also like i'm ready to just be like i'm i try to be realistic and like look anthony edwards he might make a step forward this season he better t- take a step forward this season right like he mm-hmm. probably will but i don't think he's going to come out and be some all all defensive type player you know cuz he he's not that he he's got a, like a, a lot of really great physical tools, but he just doesn't have the technique. He doesn't have the like a uh, constant focus, especially like off ball. He he falls asleep a lot. Um So I just, I just can't see him coming out and being like yeah. a real plus defensively.
2: Let's see what happens when they go full court, full speed. I, I won't believe it until the first game of the regular season. Oh no. I the 20th game of the regular season.
0: Yeah. Give us 20 games. If he's a 50th percentile defender, like that will be an enormous leap from what he was. And that's still not like a good defender. So like if he's like a 30th percentile defender, I'm counting that as a, as a huge win. And maybe that's what, yeah, maybe he, Finch is is comparing him to the baseline of what he was last <laughs> season.
2: If, if Ant cracks above mediocrity, above the 50th percentile, I guarantee- Wolves are winning the, win the Wolves- chip, man. Yeah, the Wolves will be a five seed, just like It's Possibly KD has said on his Twitter
1: profile for the last month. (laughs) It's Possibly KD. Look... uh let's be real though anthony edwards success is not contingent on his defense he does not have to guard anyone that's not what he's out there to do he's out there to put the ball in the bucket and and if he can take a step forward in efficiency if he can bump that like 33 percent three-point shooting up to even 35 36 if he can bump that free throw rate up to like you know he, he was at like 25 percent free throw rate this season which is super low for for a player of his play style uh if he can bump that up and start getting to the line more often uh if he can shoot a little bit better from the mid-range you know get that floater game going that's that's where anthony edwards is going to find his success
0: And I've got more. Fa- I've got faith that that can happen. I don't really have faith that he can become even that mediocre defender that that we're talking about. But I have faith that he has all the tools. And then like, like thirty games or whatever it was, thirty five games. Like that's a that's not a big sample size, but like that's half a season of doing it. It's not a ten game sample size. Like I think we, that we saw he can he kind of figured some things out and and could sustain it. But now the question is like, can you sustain that? when the other team is game planning for that kind of Anthony Edwards every single night. And that's, I think that's why we see so many guys regress a little bit in their second year and then maybe take a a step up in their third and fourth back to where they, they were like, you think of like Ja Morant, I think had a pretty mediocre season compared to what we thought he, he would have been after that awesome rookie season. Um, That's what I want to see with Edwards. Like if Edwards comes out and he is that Anthony Edwards that we saw in that you know, last 20 games of the season, the the Wolves are a, a completely different team, but I'm not willing to kind of write that down in pen Yeah, Like, I've, I've got my gray lead out writing that right now. For you sure, got a for lot sure. of
2: free shots for that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, you did. One last note on Anthony Edwards. I, I, today I watched the, the Phoenix Suns 42 points uh, game. I, it's just I go back and watch it every once in a while. It's, really, <laughs> it's, it's an awesome game um but like i mean part of that 42 was that he went eight from nine eight of nine from three which is you know that's nothing you know that's just luck mm-hmm. uh, but there were there was a lot uh there was a lot of drives to the basket where i was like oh god this this guy is so fucking good he had one drive from the left from the left corner and he like as he was running, he picked up the ball and pump faked the dunk, which got Jay Crowder to, like, jump up and try to block him. And then he just did, like, a hop step and then threw it down with two hands. I was like, dude, th- like, that is that is a- an advanced-ass move for someone who's been playing basketball for, like, five years. <laughs> I watched, for for an
0: article I did recently, I watched all of his shots, you know, within four feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, he is a ridiculous finisher, especially, I, I think at some stage it clicked what he had to do. Like he had to, he was kind of running into guys at the start and, mm. and not moving them, just kind of bouncing off them and trying to like pump fake around things and, and twist his, his body to, to get better angles. I think once he realized like, man, I'm fucking huge. Like <laughs> I'm just going to run in. I'm just going to move these guys out the way and then get an easy layup. Like once that clicked... Uh, he and and the touch that he has around the rim on those like reverse layups and and kind of after getting knocked and getting fouled, being able to to straighten his body back up, it's kind of like mini Zion-esque. Like Zion's ridiculous at that, where he just like hangs in the air for a, an eternity before he decides to score. But that like, if Edwards is like a sixty-five percent shooter around the rim. He will be a good scorer even if the mid-range doesn't come and the three-point shot stays at like 34% because that's an outlier skill to have.
2: We're all Mm -hmm. talking about how Anthony Edwards has grown two inches, but what we're not talking about is the possibility that with all of these centers losing weight over the offseason that Anthony Edwards is the heaviest Timberwolf on the roster.
1: Yeah, he could have put on some weight. I mean, he's looking looking pretty stacked. Uh, uh, How do we feel about Chris Finch? Uh, saying that anthony edwards could play some four this season not for me
0: <laughs> <laughs> i watch I, don't, I i'm not a complete like small ball hater but like i am a proponent of keeping guys like young players in their positions i think playing young guys out of position and making them learn things that they don't need to know if that makes sense like like anthony edwards doesn't need to be a power forward just playing where he's best and and figure it. if Anthony Edwards is a very very good shooting guard, you can lose something at power forward. You know, like if Anthony Edwards is an okay power forward, you're losing a lot more at shooting guard and at what you would get from from it. And if he was guarded by guys who are six foot three or six foot four and and eighty pounds lighter than him, like mm-hmm. I just think I I, I think. I'd be surprised if he does it very often. Like they might go super small for 3 or 4 minutes in a game and, and run zone or something for that 4 minutes, but I'd be surprised if we see like long stretches of of Ann at the four. Am I we're am all, I wrong about that?
2: We're already small. I used to I <laughs> used to worry about like, oh, we don't have any power forwards on this team, like the last 2 seasons. But now I realize that we don't have any centers on this team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think the whole small ball thing is a total misnomer. I mean, just look at the finals last year. There were two seven footers who were playing almost the whole game in Deandre Ayton and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Giannis is a different form of seven footer, but he's still seven feet tall. And so, yeah. like, it, it's not about it's not about being small. It's about being mobile and it's about being skilled. And, and you know, like if the if the Wolves plan on playing uh, Anthony Edwards at the four for significant stretches, that is a mistake. Um, but uh, Dylan, that's a perfect transition talking about size. I want to talk about like the big glaring weaknesses of this team, and I think number one is the fact that this team is tiny. This team is very very tiny. Uh, Jaden McDaniels is the biggest player, and he's like six eleven and like two hundred fifteen pounds, maybe like soaking wet. You know, um, like how do you, what are ways, Jake, do, that you think that this team can like. Uh, combat the the big size problem that that they're faced with it's tough
0: i think you hit on it just in the in the run-up to that like you have to be mobile you have to like you have to win with your with your smallness if you're going to be small you better be quick and you better be able to shoot and you better be able to run teams out of the gym like if you're going to play Constantly in the half court and constantly lose the rebounding battle and and not be able to defend teams who play with two, quote unquote, bigs. Like you're gonna lose. So I think that that with this team, the best option is. That's why I love love a guy like Vando because, like, if Jaden McDaniels is your three, he's still not gonna get get on the boards very often. He's still not gonna really do many big man things. But like, if you have a six foot eleven small forward. You just feel bigger, better, bigger. You feel longer. Like you can still play fast, and you can still kind, kind of try and shoot teams off the floor. But you aren't this tiny. Like you don't have Anthony Edwards at the four. <laughs> like if you, you yeah. need to have, you need to have some size out there. I think it's. I still think it's going to be something in, in two months when we're back here talking about it, talking about this team. I don't think that we'll be saying. Well, i remember when we thought that was too small like i think that's going to be a problem all season it's going to be a problem until they get an actual power forward or a center and play
2: cat at the power forward it's Mm -hmm. almost like this team is missing a 240 pound six foot ten kind of player who like maybe they can even distribute maybe they're
1: an all defensive type of player (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't know who you could be talking about dylan I have no idea uh no but dylan and i were texting earlier ben simmons solves all of the wolves problems period uh oh yeah but i mean he just he just does uh um, but can he but solve, I... solve his own problems that, that's the question
2: <laughs>
0: not definitely no one's asking because kendall's,
1: kendall's in phoenix <laughs> Kendall doesn't care about all defensive numbers. Uh, uh-uh. she wants you. You got to put it in with Kendall. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Y'all got to <a> score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, woo! All right, uh, but let's go. Let's go to you, Dylan. What are some? Is there any other like glaring weakness that you see with this team?
2: Uh, it's the biggest weakness. I think we have a realistic chance at 9, 10, and eleven right now. We do not have a realistic chance at. Getting into the playoffs as the roster is currently constructed, but um, interesting. Yeah, I, I I, every team is getting better. If the Warriors get Clay back in January, it's over.
1: Like the Wolves' playoff chances are over. You know what I mean? If he's healthy in January, I'm I I'm, I'm not buying Warriors stock. But I'm I'm always low on the Warriors. I'm- I think just because they're one Clay or uh, one Steph Curry injury away from being one of the worst teams in the league. You know. That's true. And, and Steph Curry injuries did happen, especially at the
2: beginning of his career. So you never know. I, I just think that we are getting a little bit like, cause there's no actual basketball being played. All the Timberwolves fans are getting a little bit too excited about the basketball that could be on the court. And we just need to pump it, pump, pump the brakes a little bit on this. I mean, granted, I still think that the somehow our team is positioned to through this crazy crazy time without a, a bump in the road the the fact that we have gotten away from gerson rosas having sex with uh, someone who worked, <laughs> also worked for the team in his office and got locked in on oh, evidently hands down, the new gm of the timberwolves knows the size of gerson rosas's package <laughs> <laughs> and yet somehow a week later almost feels like we all forgot about it because there's a fucking dog on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget that the Timberwolves are broken the, the Timberwolves yeah, yeah. organization is broken I yeah,
0: love that the- Sach- Sachin <laughs> Gupta's first introduction to his new job was cursing Roses' dick <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is is a good luck living up to that, G- uh, Suchin. <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> um,
1: unfortunately, uh, Hillrat could not. We all know that. Of, we uh, all know Gerson's that has a
2: hog. <laughs> we know, we know that Gerson is a microp.
1: Yeah, it, suchin does have BDE like big time. So uh, I definitely feel that. Um, I, I want to bring it back <laughs> just really quick away from uh penises uh, and i want to talk about basketball um damn it. i think one one weakness that the, the, the more i've like looked at this roster and really thought about it is i and, and i extrapolated a little bit about it on twitter today is like i i'm worried about the second unit creation uh creation on this team um you know patrick beverly being the backup point guard is uh, not ideal i was going to look at the pick and roll numbers from last year for all these all, all of the Wolves guards, but I didn't do it, unfortunately. But my gut tells me that Patrick Beverly is not the ideal uh, offensive initiator. <laughs> um, and so that puts a lot of onus on like, is like Malik Beasley gonna like have the ball in his hands in the second unit? Is uh, Joshua Josh Kogi gonna have the ball in his hands? Is Jalen Noel gonna go to take a there. step to to be like that, like to be able to run a second unit? Like, I don't know where that second unit creation is coming from.
2: Cat as the backup point guard. It's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can play.
0: You can't hockey sub with this team, I don't think. I think you have to have Dilo or Anthony Edwards on the floor at all times. And that, again, depends on how good Ant is at, at leading a, a team scoring-wise and, and playmaking-wise. But if you can get him to mix in with Pat Bev and, and, and J.O. and Torian Prince and Nas Reid. Like, if you get him out early and get him back in with that lineup and just kind of let him cook a little bit, like, that, I guess, would be my solution. Or, or do the same with D'Lo. Um, maybe that would be a better option with Delo because then at least you have Kat on the floor with, with Edwards. Uh, it's not, yeah, it's not ideal, though, because, yeah, Beverly's not a point guard, man. Like, he's like a bring the ball up and give it to someone else.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's a defender and, and a spot up shooter. That's yeah. That's all he is. He's he's smaller PJ Tucker. <laughs> you know, uh that's 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 Patrick, <laughs> Patrick
0: Beverly's role. That's my other one. I don't think they finish at the rim, and that probably ties into not having anyone who's big at all. Like, but even like McDaniel's count is not a good finisher at the rim. D'Lo not. Malik's not. Edwards is. Chat is. And like, I don't think there's one other guy on the team who I would say is an above-average finisher at the rim. I think they ranked 24th in field goal percentage at the rim last Yikes. season from cleaning the glass, and they I think they were maybe like fourth or fifth in like frequency and getting there. So they got to the rim, and then they just missed. And I don't think they got any better at that. Like Beverly was like ninth percentile as a finisher at the rim. Torian Prince was like third or fourth percentile. Like these yeah. do they didn't make they didn't get any better there. And it's and it's not very it's hard. To get worse than than Wancho and Jared Tova, but they they almost did, and yeah. Unless I, I
2: blame those two and Josh Kobe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's my
0: big bugaboo. I think,
1: yeah, and like so, like chances are D'Angelo Russell is going to miss a significant chunk of games because like he consistently throughout his career has missed you know, at twenty games a season, uh. And in those twenty games, all of a sudden we're looking at Anthony Edwards essentially as the starting point guard, and I don't think that that is a recipe for very many wins. I, I like I'm excited to see that, and I'm excited to see him like explore that role and and like see what he can do in that. I don't think that like at an NBA level he is that he's a creator that can like actually lead a positive offense. Like I I think that an Anthony Edwards that offense will inevitably be inevitably be negative this season. Uh and that's just that, you know? Unless he takes a huge leap.
0: Yeah, well that's we're expecting we're we're counting on that fourth year leap from Edwards in his second (laughs) (laughs) in in his second year. year. Yeah. Like Uh I just I don't even think it's like it's not a knock on Edwards to say that a second year guy who was fairly unpolished Coming out of college, yeah, like won't be able to run an NBA team that makes a playoffs. Like I think that's just that's a fair call. And yeah, yeah, hey, it would be hey, like an.
2: Hey. he has played four years. He's played four years of basketball total. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget that college year was half a year.
1: That's true. That's true. He's got he's got a lot of experience. I mean, because he's not Luka Doncic. He's not like even Trey Young in his second year like that. Atlanta sucked, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and and so it takes a really special player to like in their second year, be able to be uh, the best or close to the best player on a team. Um, And, you know, I'm not a big J-Mac guy. Like, I think he's a fine third guard to like, you know, just like suck up some minutes. But I, I, I just don't really think that he is i just it's it's uninspiring you know if if he's coming off your bench when when d'angelo russell is hurt and it and it's scary to have so much uh uh stake uh in d'angelo russell (laughs) like that that's a tough (laughs) spot to be in you know
0: yeah yeah it is (laughs) they're gonna have to have like an outlier year of injuries if they do want to make this playoffs that I guess that we all kind of have it like the very highest of ceilings for them. Because like Cat, I wouldn't say Cat's injury prone. I know he's had a bad few years, but like he can't have another bad year. He has to play 75 games at least. Um, d needs to play 70 games at least. Pat Beverly gets injured for 30 games every year. Like he needs 60 at least. And even then, if all those guys hit the low end of those, they're all missing like ten games, and that's too many. That's too many. Cat can't miss ten games. They they cannot survive ten games. We've seen that too often. Like last season, all those good vibes after the first two wins, cat gets injured, and it's like forty point losses night after night. (laughs) I can't I can't devolve back into that, man. That was that was depressing.
1: Yeah, it was hard. Um, let's let's move on to like what we what we're gonna see on the court. Uh, day one, uh, Jake. What do you think is the starting lineup for for the Timberwolves?
0: I hope you two agree with me because I'm very passionate about this. That I'm ready. It's it's D'Lo and McDaniel's Vanderbilt cat. Any other lineup yeah. to me that doesn't make sense to play Malik Beasley, man. That doesn't make. I don't want to see this team giving up 45 point quarters again. Like I, I think he's a good player, and I think he's. Uh, a fine bench piece but like you need to play vando mcdaniels on the court that at least makes up for some of that size deficiency that we kind of have been speaking
1: about yep that's it that's that if that's not the starting lineup i don't know like i'm out on finch <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> unless unless like unless it works like it there's a if it works then it works whatever but like that's the lineup that makes sense um it Again, concerning because like, how many teams in the league would Jared Vanderbilt start for? Mm -hmm. And then ask yourself, how many playoff teams would Jared Vanderbilt start for? And and play like twenty-five minutes a game for? Probably, you know. That's like
0: well, when he comes out knocking down thirty-eight percent of his corner threes, (laughs) that that conversation changes. All right.
1: (laughs) Oh, don't tell Dade more He he might be uh, he might be a little hurt uh, hearing that, Uh, Dylan. I, I. I assume you agree with that lineup. You feel like that's the the starting lineup, day one?
2: I think that Torian Prince has a chance. I think Torian Prince has shown more on a basketball court than Van- than Vanderbilt has. That being said, I get where people are coming from. I get the hype. I've never been a Vando fan, but oh, I'd man, be okay hurts, with that. that <laughs> I'm a Vando stan. I'm a Vando stan, (laughs) man. I'm sticking by it. I love him. I just I don't think gives you any more size. I don't think it gives you any more size than Torian Prince gives you, especially because I think a lot of what size is on the basketball court is weight, and I think Torian Prince is just as heavy as Vando, especially at the power forward position where it's like the the biggest. I did an article about this. The biggest difference between power forward and small forward is weight. It's not height. And so when someone's throwing their body at you, what you need is somebody who can stand up in the post and, and hold Mm. and hold their, hold their ground. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know if we have a power forward on this team. And at the same time, I don't know if we have a center on this team. So like uh, I was texting, Chalanga about this earlier, and I was like, is Nas Reed a power forward possibility in the lineup? But then you don't have a center. So it's like, it's almost impossible. And it seems almost inevitable that that Vanderbilt, especially after the contract he was given this summer, uh, is going to be the starting power forward for the Timberwolves at this point
1: uh jake i want to i want to hear your your vando defense because i mean we've been we've been skeptical of him here on the D nba show he mm-hmm. I, he's kind of won me over but i want i want to hear where where you're at with him
0: the the reason i think that he is a suitable power forward i love it I, as, as they, i have to differentiate him because i love him because he tries really hard all the time and i just have a soft spot for guys like that like i love a Cody as well mm-hmm. i can admit that Cody is not the player I want playing twenty five minutes. You know, and I think the same is true with Vanderbilt. Um, but I, I love them for that reason that they they kind of real hard hat kind of guys. You know that that's that's the type of player that that I fall in love with. But the my argument or my pushback that he should start is that I don't I don't think I think what makes you big to your point, Dylan. I think what makes him big is that he does big man things better than a Prince or a Wancho or anyone like that. Like, he rebounds the ball. He was an, an amazing rebounder in college, man. Like, I still don't think that – I don't think we'll ever see him that good because NBA dudes are just bigger. Like, mm. But he was still a very good rebounder last, se- last season, very good offensive rebounder, which is something that the team needs and Finch has kind of stated that he wants as well. And then he's a better rim protector. I don't think he's an elite rim protector by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a better one. He's athletic. He can get up above the rim, block shots, contest. His defensive numbers are bizarrely good because I don't think he's that level of a defender. But every single defensive metric has him like top ten defender in the league, which is so weird because he. I don't think he, I never thought that of him. Watching him, but like. The numbers next to Cat are good. Like, I think they have, like, a 107 defensive rating when he plays next to Cat, which is, like, you know, top five in the league. And even was kind there, of a strable-o.
1: There was one game I remember uh, against the Golden State Warriors where they kept working for the switch for Curry onto Vanderbilt. Uh, for, uh, and it was not working. And And... JV was just like st- sticking with Steph Curry, you know, in a way that I was like, what the, what the hell is going on? I didn't know this dude could move like this uh, to the point where like to the, I, I, I think that he is a better perimeter. Like, I think I would rather have him defending yeah. point guards than I would ha- have him defending centers. Like he just, he's super mobile, super athletic. To that point, the game that sticks out for me
0: is the late season win over Miami and he guarded Jimmy all night. And he gave Jimmy fits that night. Like if Jimmy wasn't, you know, drifting for a foul, which is kind of 80% of his offense these days, but like he's extremely good at everything he does, Jimmy. Like, and he had him in shackles that night. Like that was the night where I kind of started to think like, man, he might be all right as a four that can switch onto other guys or a guy who can guard big wings and smaller fours. If you're playing a team with two bigs, like there's just no one on the team that's going to be able to do anything about that because Cat mm. should be probably guarding the four, let alone the yep. five and and Vando at the four. But I think yep. with a limited options, you need some defense, you need rebounding, you need a, a bit of toughness and a bit of energy. He's my option. He's he's not very good on offense, and that's going to hurt. Nope. But it's that's the way with this team. There's a lot of guys are either good defenders or good offensive players, but there's not many that are, that, that are both. So to me, if, I guess I'm choosing can... the lesser of two evils and going with defense. Yeah,
1: If this season he can take some threes, like last season he didn't even take threes. Like part, mm-hmm. of, part of the spacing is just the willingness to take the three-point shots, whether or not they go in. You know, like even if he shoots 25% from three, if he takes two a game and like, you know, like he convinces some defenders sometimes to come out there and guard him that's helpful right like because he 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 kind of provides a, a vertical spacing element but he's just not that big and you know his his like vertical jump isn't quite there to be a like a legitimate vertical spacer and so like he's got a He's got to do do kind of a combo of the two. It's like, okay, I can't quite space vertically at an NBA elite level and I can't space uh laterally at an NBA elite level, but I can do both and like, you know, make the defense work to to guard me. I think that's that's really his his uh route to success. Um Dylan, I want to talk about the rotation because like there's so many players on this team and so many players that I like and and, and I'm not even sure who, who's going to play from your perspective, Dylan, like what are the five most regular bench players on this team? I think Josh Akogi out. So that means Patrick, <laughs> Patrick uh, Beverly.
2: Patrick Beverly, a- will be, will be playing. Uh-huh. Uh, and Taurian Prince obviously. Are you, Malik
1: Beasley. So you think he's a shoe in for, for minutes. You think he like day one, he's going to be in the rotation. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Because
1: okay. he can mm-hmm. knock down a three point yeah. shot and he can knock it down every once in a while, all the time. I don't know what we have beyond that. Jake, who's, who's taking that fifth spot? Like who, cause I mean, generally there's like the wolves are going to try to play 10 players just for, for the sake of, you know, saving people's legs. Is it, is it sort of, uh, a revolving door of whoever's playing best? Or, like, mm. who, who do you think is most likely to take those minutes? So who who are
0: we... What position do we need, really? Like, a, a wing. That's, a, like, a small forward, I guess. Mm-hmm. Who have yeah. we got? What are our options here? So... Jalen Noel. Jalen Noel. J- Jake or Layman, Jordan McLaughlin. Or Jordan McLaughlin. Man. That's or depressing. Or your guy, Leandro Balmaro. Or Balmaro. I... I and I'm a Balmaro stand as well. Um, I've watched yeah. too much Spanish basketball to not be, but <laughs> I don't I don't think he plays. I I still as much as I guess is not popular opinion anymore, I still think he's a point guard. He he's never been anything but a point guard. Um mm. I guess that he's tall enough to be like a three, like a ball handling kind of wing, but I'm not sure how good he is if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, which is a problem for right now. So I'm out on Balmaro. The, to start the season, at least. I mean, out on Jake Layman, Jalen Noel is too small. I think I like Noel probably the most out of that bunch as a player, but like he's he can't have him and Malik Beasley playing on the wing at the same time. I don't think.
1: Even I probably even Patrick Beverly though, like Patrick the maybe the famed yeah Patrick Beverly who can guard Kevin Durant. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. Maybe maybe you get maybe you
0: get away with that. I would probably lean a Kogi because you've got a bit of extra shooting in the lineup, and at least he gives you like a little bit of defense and some, and rebounding as well, which is kind of underrated for Josh. That he's a, he's a really good rebounder and t- tips a lot of balls out and stuff. It, it's a it's a pretty shitty pick either way, but I guess I'm leaning a Kogi for some size over Noel. But if you if you trust that Pat Bev can guard a three, then I'd play Noel.
1: What do you think? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not totally out on Jake Lehman. I'm I'm kind of a I oh, think that oh my, I, I look, he's he's a career like 33% three point shooter, which is not great, but he can play within a scheme. Okay, he's a good cutter. You know, he's got a decent handle. He's got surprising athleticism. Like there's there's like a good player in there. He just has speed be as well. Run. Yeah, he is big. I think, I think though, it, it gets hard to play Jake Lehman when you don't have like a, a pure point guard coming off the bench. Uh, like, he becomes a liability then. So, I, I think that with that amalgamation of players, like Jake Lehman doesn't make sense. I think Jalen Noel, I, and I think playing small off the bench is doable because it's like who's really playing big with their Sega unit? I feel like that's yeah. not really that, that, that doesn't really happen. At, at
0: worst, uh, you face like an Andre Drummond with the Sixers. Like, he might be like the biggest. Backup center, you know
1: that you're gonna face and maybe have a problem with. Hassan Whiteside, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think though, I think one thing that could make the the Wolves like pop in their on their second unit if Nathan Knight can can play NBA level minutes and and play that four five position with Nas Reed, and so you have two sort of pick and pop uh, forward center types. I think that could be really interesting, and, and granted, he's on a two-way right. We're, we're, we might not see that much of him, but if he can play his way into an NBA contract, um, I, I think that there's there's something there because he he flashed some interesting things in summer league. He's super foul prone, obviously. He, like averaged like six or seven <laughs> fouls per game, <laughs> but but I, I think there's something there, and so like that he would be the most. I would be most interested in seeing him play his way into that like, last spot, you know? And then you can I slide th- Tori and Prince down to the three. The three, yeah. I think it's a nine man rotation, to be honest.
2: I think that whatever is going to happen between the starters, one of those guys, one of our stars, be it Ant, be it D'Angelo, be it Cat, is going to be playing a lot with the bench. And mm-hmm. that's the only way that you can make that work. Because Ant can play the three, I don't know about D-Lo, so maybe it has to be Ant or Cat really to give you the size that you need. But someone needs to be there to facilitate, and it's just not going to be Malik Beasley, and it's not going to be Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got a question: how, how,
0: what do we think be- uh, Beasley's minutes load is like? Like, what kind of like do you think he's going to get? Low thirties, high twenties, low twenties? Like, that's I'm kind of really intrigued about
1: where Beasley's going to fit in around all these other guys. I look at him as like a 25 minute a game player like I feel like he is I he feels like one of the first off the bench and then he like carries over into when the starters come back like he like Jared Vanderbilt subs him out, right? Yeah. And so like the, the Wolves play a, so, some time with delo Beasley, uh uh Ant McDaniels and Cat and that's like a very regular lineup that we'll see. Um that that to me feels like the way because like uh, he's borderline starter like i could see why like an argument for him starting it's like just like saying like fuck it like we're not going to stop anybody anyway let's just like let's have a top five offense let's go for it you know yeah Uh, especially in games probably where like that vanderbilt starting lineup isn't getting it
0: done defensively anyway like mm -hmm. if they're playing bad defense finch might just go like yeah fuck it like let's go out there and shoot this team off the floor because we're not stopping anybody anyway
1: Let's make the Lakers play Anthony Davis at the five. Like, let's just do it, you know? Like, let's let's run. And even that still is going to be tough. But it's better than going up against two bigs, which, I mean, three bigs, essentially, with LeBron James at this point, you know? Like, that team is massive. Uh, (laughs) um, You got skinny. You got skinny here. He did get skinnier. Uh, just, just a couple more questions before we uh, before we leave. I, I, I want one lineup that you're really excited to see with the Timberwolves. I'll go first. I want to see a lineup with fucking. Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Joshua Kogi, and Jared Vanderbilt. And then insert fifth player, maybe Anthony Edwards. And I just want to see a lot of it is playing fast as <laughs> fuck. And just like in the passing lanes, they're, they're pluck, fucking switching everything or or playing a zone and they're scrambling all over and just like, just to to run it down people's throats. Cause I think, I think it, it, the, the key to the second unit offense is that they have to play fast. Like that's the only way to do it. And so like, finding as many lineups with just like insane energy, I, I feel like it's like, let's, uh, let's try it. Cause we're not like our, our regular offensive system isn't going to work with the second unit. Cholenga, there is no way you want to do that in
2: any situation where there's any consequences. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do that in 2k. You don't want to see that on the court. Are you kidding me? Uh,
1: let me, let me see, let me see, you know, let me see a solid like 120 minutes of it on the season. So I have a little bit of a sample size, you know? <laughs> that's 120 minutes of absolute chaos <laughs> uh is there uh, any any interesting lineup combinations come to your mind
0: uh i want to see bev anthony edwards jade mcdaniels Torian, and prince and cat like pretty mm. much sub sub beverly in there for delo which kind of gets the ball out of one player's hands who who doesn't play defense as well let let ant and and cat just cook. Surround them with shooters and, and guys who can defend, and you know, let's go because that there's a chance that's probably a better lineup than DLo, you know, than the starting lineup. But you can't. You, they're going to start DLo, you know. Like,
1: mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of that lineup. We're going to see a lot yeah, of that lineup.
0: Yeah, I think just Beverly. Uh, sorry, Anthony Edwards, cat and shooters that defend the three shooters who can defend on the roster. Put them all in one one little pot and, and and mix
1: it up and see what see what comes out the other side. Mm-hmm. I like that Anthony Edwards pick and roll to the playoffs, baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dylan, anything come to mind for you? All right, Isaiah Miller, Jordan McLaughlin, what the
2: hell? What the hell? <laughs> Patrick Beverly, Josh Akogi, Malik Beasley. Oh, Isaiah
0: Miller's playing the five in this lineup. <laughs> And <laughs> his hops better be as real as advertised.
2: Uh, you know, effective height, right? That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> how high you can jump. <laughs> so, like, if we're going to go uh, with unrealistic things that are stupid, <laughs> let's just go with unrealistic things that are stupid then.
1: You're not going to you're not gonna be saying that when you see my lineup on the floor fucking base, oh forcing God. turnovers and shit. All right, Jake, <laughs> over under the latest MGA, MGM odds for the Timberwolves is 34 and a half. Over under 34 and a half wins for this team.
0: Over. Pull the Kool Aid, give it to me, serve it up, I'm drinking it over
2: by multiple games. Ooh. Dylan, over under 34 and a half? Yes, seven games over. It's 34 Damn. and a half already. It went up, yeah. it went up a point, a game after the sex scandal.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It started, I think it started at 32 and a half, and it's just rising, rising, rising. So. You know it's crazy uh i'm i'm an over only because i have to be <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's no uh, fun yeah. if you're under it's no fun yeah. doing a podcast every week if you think they're gonna win
1: less than 34 uh-huh. games and honestly less than 34 games is kind of a disaster so oh big time <laughs> uh all right well jake thanks for coming on the show what what's uh what's upcoming for you what do you want to plug nothing in particular just go, head
0: over to houseandbrowls.substack.com that's the newsletter you can sign up there and get all my stuff kind of direct to your email or you can read it on the site heaps of content coming out i've got like three kind of mainstay pieces that come out a week with with video and x's and o's breakdowns and and deep dives and stuff those those famous two deep dives into, into spanish players and whatnot uh, yeah. and then i'll have like player ratings and and weekend reviews and just little stuff like that to tie you over. So if you are a Timberwolves super fan, which if you're listening to a a Timberwolves podcast, I'm guessing you are, um, Mm -hmm. head over there. and and,
2: podcast in particular.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if you've got through an hour of of an Australian talking about a team in Minnesota, um, then yeah, head over and you won't have to hear my voice. You can just read my words and... And yeah, that that's that's all I've got to plug. And and you hey. can obviously jump on Apple and Spotify and stuff and type in paint points, which is the podcast as well. So yeah, that's that's all my shameless plugging.
1: That's P-A-Y-N-T points. Yes. Uh, yes. For Jake Painting. And and what's your Twitter handle? Uh at, at Jake Painting. Uh at Jake Painting. P-A-Y. N-T-I-N-G uh, Thank you for listening to the C&D NBA show Please head over and subscribe to Jake's Substack. Uh, and while you're at it, uh, go over to Apple and Spotify and subscribe to Jake's podcast. And while you're at it, actually, subscribe to the c NBA show. Leave a rating and review for both, five stars uh, or nothing. Just kidding. Any, any rating and review helps. Uh, so give, give us anything. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at c NBA show. Give us an email at cndmba at gmail.com if you want to be on the show. Scoopy, just let us know. And You can't yeah. be on the show. No, he's <laughs> you've. Uh, we tried twice. And it's over now. We're done. Scoopy, uh,
2: you're allowed. Scoopy, not the
1: stupid. The Scoopy beef. Twitter beef is my favorite <laughs> content. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna keep on going. You know, one of these days, and he's gonna. I, I think you would actually be such a fun guest. Like I listened to him on a on a recent podcast that I'm not gonna say the name of the podcast. I thought it was horrible. Uh, it was like unlistenable. <laughs> if I'm being honest. That's hey, uh, guess what?
2: That's par for the course here in the C and D show.
1: Yes, Scoop B, uh, just bring me a book of lies, and we can talk <laughs> rumors. Um, uh, as always, if you want to be on the podcast, just let us know, and you will be on. If you want a writing job at Zone Coverage, just let us know. Tom will give you a job, uh, unless you suck. Uh, so just don't <laughs> suck. Uh, thanks so much. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, Jake, painting. It says so
2: in his name.